the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me. All right. So before we explore exactly how the gangster government doesn't want anyone to focus on the fact they just tried to steal $364 million from one guy, one citizen. I have to tell you, Squirrel, there's a sad habit I have. I got a soft spot for women. Always did. It's my mother. My mother started it all, and it was my wife. My wife. Well, there's a new boss on the list, apparently. Honey Bunny. And when Honey Bunny says, I have to wish her mother happy birthday, happy birthday, Kathleen. Thank you for making me Honey Bunny. I appreciate it. Have a good day. In the meantime, when I talk about going back and proving beyond the shadow of a doubt that there is no difference, none, between a theocrat like Putin and a gangster government like ours, we're going to prove it beyond the shadow of a doubt. The government wants you to think that Putin is a bad guy. He's the worst guy, and he may be. I personally don't give a rip. But one thing's for sure, his tactics are eerily similar to every Democrat-run hellhole in this country. Everyone! Despite the threats against his life, in January 2021, Navalny and his wife Yulia voluntarily returned to Moscow, where he was immediately arrested, ostensibly for violating the terms of a 2014 embezzlement case. So what happens is, they first try to use the court system to persecute and then in prison. It's exactly what you're seeing in this country. Exactly what you're seeing. From Latitia to the tramp Fanny in Atlanta. The $2 whore in a $5 world working twice as hard. Yet she gets to travel a lot more than you do. So when I ask you what do the, who gets the money, I already know the answer. It's the crooked government. The crooked government that puts their bureaucrats in place and they misappropriate it to their friends. And in Atlanta's case, in Fannie Willis's case, to that unfortunate soul who had to stoop her. The good news is, at least he took her to nice areas so he could look out at a window while he was being tortured. Did you and Mr. Wade go to New York? I've gone to New York. Um, I've gone to New York twice. Um, since I've been district attorney, I'm trying to think if it's two or three times. I went to do a domestic violence thing there for sure, and I was honored, and I went to the Apollo there. Those are the only two trips that come to mind. I went. He was not with me. You also said that he was a world traveler and had been on many of the continents. He'd been to six. Have you been on any of those continents with him Um, besides this one? Uh, where's Belize? What continent is that? I'm not being funny. I don't know. Uh, let's say with the I've exception of Belize with him. I've been to the Bahamas with him. I've been with Aruba with him. Don't embarrass me. I'm not sure what continents those are on. He can't embarrass you. You already did it yourself, tramp. In the meantime, all of this on government money because her $2 boyfriend, 
Never made a nickel before she signed the contract. So he made 650 on this case to stoop her and take her all around the world. So the only way he made money is because the state was able to pay him through his corruption and his liaison with the unfortunate-looking Fannie Willis. Whatever continents those are, that's where I've been. I'm sure if I gave it some thought, I would tell you. But whatever continents those are, that I've been to those locations, sir. But not Australia or any other continents? I don't even want to go to Australia. I do know he took a trip in December to Australia. You get to travel a lot, squirrel, when you make money for nothing. And apparently this chick was free. But the reality is what you have here is an example of why government's thirst for your wealth is insatiable. Times her by 10 million. And that's what it looks like to all of the Democrats scourge who are allowed to spend the people's money, pretending that they work for the government. So when you see this fish face judge levy a $354 million case and nobody asks, where's the money go? It's because New York has got 5 million Fannie Willis's. They don't know where the money is. Can you imagine what it costs just for Latitia in lunches? You'll own those all that you eat buffets. You think she's walking into a restaurant? You've been here four hours. Go home. Uh, we actually want to get right to Kara Scannell. Kara, do we have a ruling in the Donald Trump civil fraud trial case? Yeah, we do, Boris. We just got the ruling. It is 92 pages long. And I'm scanning through it right now, but when I'm looking at these numbers, the totals that the judge is ordering collectively in the case, so this will include all of the defendants, I'm getting a total of $362 million. And I'm just scrolling through this now. I can see that there's um, the dollar amount specific to Donald Trump. I'm going to use a calculator to do some rough math. Um, it gets us to... For Donald Trump, about $354 million. That's for him, the company, the Trump organization. So very close to what the New York Attorney General's office was seeking of $370 million. Uh, you know, they're- By the way, I think that that fish-faced judge who makes... But he looks like Cindy Crawford compared to the old lady. Did you ever take a look at the old lady? Also a never-Trumper. I can't see if he's smiling or he's just trying to get a, the hook out of his mouth. But in the meantime, the difference between Donald Trump and this judge, and Latithia, and Fanny, and every Democrat in Chicago, short in the pants though they may be, all those guys who pretend to be millionaires. Donald Trump made his money by operating in the economy. Now, from time to time, he had to bribe you. But you could never make your money outside of the corruption of government. That's the difference. So that, that Leviathan is broke. It's completely broke. And, and the more Democrat an area the more broke it is. You see what's going on in the once great city of Chicago. Completely, totally broke. So they have to figure out ways to fund the scam. Now they can go on on TV and say it's the immigrants like uh, Johnson does, Mayor Johnson, Lori Lightfoot Large. They can do that. But the reality is this is how they're, they operate. Now whether Fanny takes her unfortunate-looking gigolo over to the Bahamas and wherever else they want to go, that's one thing. But they got to keep spending the money. So they need more. There's a lot of um, a, a lot of zeros here and a lot of other numbers, but roughly three hundred and fifty four million dollars is the judgment against Donald Trump. He, the judge also found that his son, Eric Trump, is liable in the amount of four million dollars. Donald Trump Jr. is liable in the amount of four million dollars. And Alan Weisselberg, the former chief financial officer, is liable in the amount of one million dollars. But there is no plaintiff. So who gets the money? And you're going to watch it all on television, CNN, ABC. None of them will tell you the government. The government is trying to steal 
over a quarter of a billion dollars from the Trump organization. And they're trying to intimidate Donald Trump in the same way Rutin Tootin Putin tried to put his adversary in, or did put his adversary in prison and eventually killed him. It's the same thing. The only difference is Putin's better at it. Uh, I haven't had a chance to read through the language of what the judge said here, but really this was about the money because the judge had already found that Donald Trump, his sons and Alan Weisselberg had engaged in fraud by issuing fraudulent financial statements, giving them to banks and insurers in order to obtain favorable rates. He ruled that before. Did a bank was a bank a plaintiff? Any bank a plaintiff? The answer is no. But see, you're dealing with scum politicians who never earned a dollar in their life. None of them, not the judge, not the court reporter, no one that gets a check from New York State ever earned a dollar in their life. And then you take a look at our very own theocrat. Our very, I mean, our very own authoritarian, corrupt mafia don called Joe Biden. Here's a guy that's never worked over $10 million in just houses. That's all. $10 million in just houses. Never made the money. And nobody wants to ask why. Because the people in charge who would ask why, are the very government that just went after Trump. And in the meantime, keep the focus where it needs to be. Because the Democrats are too stupid to figure out Joe Biden is five times the crook, five times the authoritarian that Putin is. All of us should reject the dangerous statements made by the previous president that invited Russia to invade our NATO allies if they weren't paying up. He said if an ally did not pay their dues... He'd encourage Russia to, quote, do whatever the hell they want. Too bad he didn't say, can we look into the money, the $24 million that we found in Joe Biden's checking account from oligarchs and communist Chinese members? Can we see how much of that money was to steer policy to enrich either the Chinese Communist Party or that belly dancer Zelensky and Ihor Kolomoisky? Can we look at that? And in the meantime, we're going to pretend that Donald Trump did something wrong? by saying that his real estate was worth more than a fish-faced judge who never worked outside of a courtroom in his life thinks it's worth? Oh, he gets confused there. That was after he said it. Then he looks around for his mommy or his nanny or he feels something in, the, in his shorts. I can't figure it out. I guess I should clear my mind here a little bit and not say what I'm really thinking, but- You should clear your shorts. That's what you were walking around with. It's embarrassing. It's humiliating. But the fact of the matter is, it's right on track. You see, he was bribed for a very specific reason. And it's not just the $200 billion to Ukraine. It's not just the the shoring up the Chinese Communist Party, although all of those things matter. The real issue is to make sure that nobody ever speaks up against the Leviathan again. That's what you see in a courtroom with Donald Trump, because their goal is to bankrupt him, as now you're starting to see the headlines. You know, this is a significant win for the New York Attorney General, Letitia James. She'd been investigating this case ever since Michael Cohen testified before Congress when he made this first allegation that Trump had inflated the value of properties to get better loans. Did you know that Michael Cohen, Squirrel, is very interesting. Do you remember in Chicago they had those burgundy cabs from that Russian oligarch? Well, he was also based out of New York first. Michael Cohen was involved in that company, which turned out to be a corrupt KGB, ex-KGB guy who started that company. Michael Cohen worked in him and with him, and Michael Cohen got caught with his hand in the cookie jar, and he got caught long the taxi licenses in New York and lost a fortune and owed taxes. 
at which time he became an informant. Yet whatever happened to that Russian oligarch that had the taxicab company? I think he got away, didn't he? rates on loans and insurance and to pay less in taxes. So she is now justified um, by this finding by the judge. And again, this was a judge trial. This was not a jury trial. So we've been waiting for Judge Arthur and Gorn to issue this ruling. And now we have it. We still have to continue to read through it. Our team is doing that um, as I speak. But, you know, a real significant win for the New York Attorney General and a loss for Donald Trump in this case that goes to the heart of his reputation, the reputation that he was a successful real estate visitor businessman, that he rode to the White House. Um, the judge finding here that, you know, there was fraud, there was liability and saying that Trump needs to pay back more than $350 million. Pay it back to who, dummy? It's not payback, it's be extorted. And what this is, is to let people know that even if you are successful outside of government, if you try to get involved, they will cripple you. This is a warning to make sure that the only ones that ever are in, in positions of power got there because they know the Leviathan corruption. This is to keep out all honest men from government. That's why the only ones you ever hear of work their way up through their scheme of corruption. That's exactly what this is. And in the meantime, nobody wants to focus on who's the plaintiff and where does the money go? Because it better go to fish face for some plastic surgery. At least take the old lady in. She needs from the toenails to the hairdo. She needs a magician, not a beautician, dog the trial, but we did go through a three-month trial. The judge was looking to determine how much in ill-gotten gains, that's what this word of disgorgement means, the money that they benefited from. So now the judge issued... Well, what about the money that Fannie Willis and her, and, and her boyfriend, her gigolo, what about the money they blew that he, she wrote the checks through that county? Is it just go poof in the wind like when Brandon Johnson writes checks to two half-ass wise guys who own tainted land? 91000 a month? Where's the money? See, it's always about the money. They're stealing the money. And they're misusing their power to make sure they keep you quiet by bankrupting you if you wiggle too loud. 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. You know what's funny when you look at this fish face fraud, this Democrat. God, they're so freaking ugly, these Democrats. When you look at this moron, you think he ever even saw the sun in Florida, let alone to understand what the post heiress spent on Mar-a-Lago? Did you know, Squirrel? It's a funny thing about this Mar-a-Lago. Built in, uh, it took three years, 1924 to 1927. If you funge out the dollar, she spent nearly $200 million in building Mar-a-Lago. Did you know that? And it was amazing. She wanted to give it to the government. And do you know that they couldn't run it? Because they can't do anything. They can't run a 7-Eleven. And that's how it ended up, ironically, in the hands of Trump. It's a fascinating story. But to think of what the value is, and you look at the Art Deco and the way in which it took her three years, experts and money at that time that nobody had even an idea was spent on that. So now do you think this fish-faced buffoon, this fish-faced moron who never, ever left New York, knows nothing about real estate, do you think he can value it? I don't think so. You know who can value it? A guy who spent his life in real estate. And you know who else can make the decision on what it's worth? The lending institution that decides, I agree with you. I'm going to give you this amount of money. You're going to pay me this interest. And nobody filed a complaint. This has got to be the largest case in history, in America anyway, of a case without a plaintiff. Because it's never been about a criminal activity. It's about an intimidation. So that you know, like the, like the city of Chicago, where you have two 
Family court judges right now today, they're in their little robes. God knows what they have on underneath. And they're pretending to be judges. And they have been at the Table of Wisdom LLC, a party to it and partners in it with Ed Frecken Burke. And they've made a fortune buying tax auction property of people who lost it. And that's considered what? Are they considered officers of the court or just crooks like Ed Burke? I say they're crooks. And I say this fish face moron doesn't know Jack. Besides, Squirrel, never, ever trust somebody who would marry somebody like that. You know what I mean? Because she didn't never start it out pretty. That was bad from the get-go. Ron and Algonquin. Sean. Yes. So, first-time caller, I've listened to you since you took over from Superca's. Yeah. And I work in an automotive shop on a fucking concrete floor oh, with oh. my hands. And Sorry. You can't swear, babe. Did you bug beep them? Did you catch them? <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so I, I work with my hands. I'm, you know, in the trade, and I just want to say I love your show. I look forward to it every day at 4 o'clock. Can't wait. Thank you, man. Um, your thoughts on something. I saw on WGN, they said that the um, nations of and, and UK are in a recession. They had two bad quarters, hence uh, GDP growth stinks, and they're in a recession. Just your thoughts on how that affects Ron, us. Ron, about a year and a half ago in this country... They technically changed the name of a recession. You know what a recession is to me, Ron? It's when your money that you made a month ago can't afford what you need this month. That's a recession. You want to talk about a technical recession and a government that gives you lies? We've been in a technical recession since COVID. No question about it. And what you have now is an economy that only runs on debt. There has not been one dollar of, of, of what would be considered a win to this country. Not one since COVID. And the idea that we've normalized $34 trillion and counting $1.2 billion an hour shows you that they have to keep you distracted. Because if the people understood that guys like you, guys in bricklayers and carpenters and truck drivers and nurses and people who work all day long, that that money they take from you, they're burning it up and they're spending it times five. There would be an uproar. There would be chaos. And people would say, hey, crooks. What the hell are you doing with my money? And then they'd say, we're going to the Bahamas. So we could get stooped on a lazy Susan with a feather duster in our ass. Did you and Mr. Wade go to New York? I've gone to New York. Um, I've gone to New York twice um, since I've been district attorney. I'm trying to think if it's two or three times. I went to do a domestic violence thing there for sure. And I was honored and I went to the Apollo there. Those are the only two trips that come to mind. I went. He was not with me. You also said that he was a world traveler and had been on many of the continents. Have been to six. Have you been on any of those continents with him? Um, Besides this one. Uh, where's Belize? What continent is that? I'm not being. Hey, stupid. Let me ask you a question. You think the people that pay taxes in that county, you think they've been to Belize? Hey, tramp. You think they've been to the Bahamas? Funny, I don't know. Let's say with the I've exception been to of the Belize with him. I've been to the Bahamas with him. I've been with Aruba with him. Don't embarrass me. I'm not sure. What Aruba, Jamaica. Give me that Tom Cruise song. In the meantime, I feel bad for that guy. I really do because in all of those places, you know what it's hard to do, Squirrel? It's hard to turn off the lights because the sun is so bright, the glare from the ocean, and there's Fanny on a lazy Susan with a feather duster. Uh, Mark in Michigan. 
Hi, Sean. This is first-time caller. Thank you, Mark. Um, I think Trump should close all his businesses and lay off all the people and see what New York does after that. Mark, you know what's sad is that he didn't do it when the case was brought up. When the case was brought up, he didn't do it. But you know, funny thing about, about Donald Trump, I actually have a, uh, a family member through marriage who worked in his, in his organization. And do you know that this son of a gun never fires anybody? Ever? Never fires anybody. He's loyal like that. That's something that that fish-faced judge could never say because he's never had anybody work for him, aside from, I'm sure, a couple of illegals that cleaned his house and made his dinner. See, that's how they like to do it. Nice and sneaky. Let me see, what else did this tramp in, in Atlanta say? So your office objected to us getting um, Delta records for flights that you may have taken when this way. Well, no, no, no. I object to you getting records. You've been intrusive into people's personal lives. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. These You are on trial because what we can ascertain just through the information we have is that you've been stealing from the people to pay that unfortunate soul who has to stoop you and pretend you're attractive. Now, we understand it's going to be expensive. We still don't think the people should pay for it, Tramp. 312-642-5600. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. The audacity. This is what I find infuriating. See, you didn't really earn that trip because you did something like my caller who's working his ass off on a cement floor. You didn't earn that trip like the guy driving a truck. You stole the money. You and that Isaac Hayes uh, gigolo you got going on. You stole the money. That bust out never made a dollar in his life until he started stooping you. Now, there should be some money in it, but I don't know about that 650-some thousand. In the meantime, we're supposed to be outraged about the former Soviet Union rather than realize in this country we've adopted their policies. Reports of his death, if they're true, and I have no reason to believe they're not, Russian authorities are going to tell their own story. By the way, who uh, stabbed that cop uh, that uh, was around that degenerate drug addict, low-life scum, George Floyd? Remember, didn't he just get stabbed 22 times? Whose fault was that? Is that the governor of Minnesota, the mayor? Who is that? Make no mistake. Make no mistake. Putin is responsible for Navalny's death. Putin is responsible. And you're responsible for this judgment. You're responsible for every prosecution. And you're five times as crooked as Putin. You're just not as good at it. Uh, Greg and LaGrange. Hey, Sean. How are you today? Aggravated. You know, the thing I don't understand about this case with uh, President Trump is if the banks were duped by President Trump, or they were in on the fix, how come nobody from the bank is being held responsible? Because there isn't a plaintiff. Well, right. But well, right. because the government decided to let them slide for any type of uh, information. See, this is the thing you have to understand about our court system. They pick and choose who they want to prosecute. So there is no standard rule of law. It's implemented on whoever the enemy of the state is, which is why the Democrats in Chicago run wild, because they're the favored classes. I mean, after all, you've got two sitting judges who are on an investment group with a four-time convicted felon, crook, 50-year whore named Ed Burke. And nobody wants to look into that LLC. I've said it a thousand times. Table of Wisdom LLC has been raping the people of Chicago. 
the people who can't pay their taxes, has been acquiring the property before the banks don't get the money highest and best. It's an inside scam. And he's been running it for 30 freaking years. And they're all making a fortune. And they, they don't want anyone to know. Shh, don't look. See, I want to kick the doors open. What do you think, you're men? You think you invest the way I do? You're not a freaking man. You're a short-in-the-pants Democrat. Now go ahead. So, so, in, so in this case, uh, President Trump and his legal team is going to definitely appeal. Uh, so where does it stand after that, after the appeal? Because you have to put up a bond. Just- okay, so when you have a judgment like this, you can appeal. You have to put up a bond or you have to put up the money. This isn't about justice. This is about bankrupting him. What they're calculating right. is that he yeah. can't come up with the cash and no one wants to touch him because what they understand is this is a kangaroo court. This is like Venezuela, Nicaragua, El Salvador, where the government and the cartels just dress different. That's it. That's exactly what these Democrat sewers are. And this fish-faced judge isn't an officer of the court. He's not a lawyer. He's a he's a SS officer. That's what he is. And here's and and here's where I would here's where I agree to hundred percent. This is an intimidation tactic. Whether it's going after a father because of his Catholicism and his Catholic beliefs, or uh, you know uh, protesting abortion, or whether it's Donald Trump going after him for this case, where I don't see any merit in it. I mean, just from a layman's perspective, on duping this a is, bank. This is what um, the king. This is, this is what the king did is, to our founders. He took their money. This is what he did, though. Took their money, took control of their property. See, and what you have going on is the absence of law. What Donald Trump cases represent is the absence of law. Law is the shield of Donald Trump, not the weapon of this fish-faced pig and the Democrat mafia. But yet it is, and here we are. And what they know is they've crafted a way in which it's very financially onerous on him to just appeal the case. So unless there's a couple billionaires out there that say, we got you, we'll put up the bond, he's going to have some problems sweating it, right? Now, can he even put up the real estate against it? Well, Mar-a-Lago, there's a reason I talked about that. Her name, I, I forget her name, Marjorie something post, Marjorie whatever. So when, at the time, in the 20s, when she built it, it was the, a record amount of money. Nobody had spent, forget the Great Gatsby, bigger. At that time, you're talking huge money. So what is that worth? And do you know what the answer is? Whatever the owner Wants it to be worth is what it's worth. And whatever a buyer can buy it or somebody who's willing to loan you money. But that's if you have an American economy where it's based on the private economy. What you are slowly being trained into thinking like a Democrat is that your life is the government's and they have an overview with you. That's why when you heard me come on and say, how could Spirit and uh, Frontier or whatever the hell it was, how could the government squash that deal? It's a private company, but it's not. So now you need the judges to, to approve transactions. You know, this is the absence of American capitalism. This is government-sponsored corporatism. So what we've done is become the Soviet Union that Lenin dreamt of. We are a functioning government supremacy company, or, or country. And it should, I should say company, because that's how they run it. And if you cross them, they take your money. Nobody wants to talk about the fact, where does the money go? Because what people will start to realize is your life is not your own. Your property is not your own. And that was always my argument with tax. Why do they take the money from you? Because what your money is, is what they let you keep. Think about it. They do nothing. They risk nothing. They account for nothing. We've got entities, just bureaucracies, that lose trillions of dollars, can't account for it. We are, as they say, uh, tangled in our anchor chain. 
Our financial systems are decades old. According to some estimates, we cannot track $2.3 trillion in transactions. That was 20 years ago when that was a lot of money. And what happened? Nothing. In fact, what happened is they lost another $4 trillion. And last, what is it, two weeks ago, three months ago, they admit we can't account for 50. What do you mean you can't account for it? I know where the money is. This is a crucial time for Ukraine and for Ukrainian President Volodymyr. They're stealing the money, which is why they're in bed and have been in bed with this dimwit in diapers since he knew he had slip-ons on. Uh, Richard on the south side. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Aggravated. How are you, babe? Well, hey, same here. Hey, Sean, we got some new packaging at Sam's Club. Right. You're getting milk. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a two-pack uh, cellophane shrink wrap. They got some, you know, bubbles on the, on the, on the, but you're not buying gallons anymore, Sean. It's 90 <laughs> Yeah. Now you know how the how the wife of a uh, of a Democrat uh, uh, in Chicago feels. You're getting shortchanged, kid. It's yep. called shrinkflation. Yeah, it's like it's like Ed Burke's wife. That's why she walks around with that look on her face, like she lost her purse. In the meantime, it's bad for all of us. Welcome back to Squawk Box. Rick Santelli here with the breaking news of the day. Let's start with housing starts 1331000 A big miss. That's down nearly 15%. The weakest rate since August of 23 last year. And on permits, 1470 down about 1.5%. Also a miss. Now for the money numbers. Our January read on producer price index. Inflation at the wholesale level. Headline number expected to be up one-tenth of a percent is up three-tenths of a percent. That is the hottest uh, going back to up four-tenths of a percent September of last year. And it goes downhill from here. The reality is since Joe Biden was allowed to steal the election, we've lost in excess of 20 cents per dollar. And by the time this low-life rat somehow gets out of office, you'll be lucky if it's not 35 cents. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. There's my guy. You're a bad mother. Who's the black private dick that's a sex machine to all the chicks? Fanny Willis' boyfriend. You're damn right. Get up on that lazy Susan. Can you dig it? Shep never made no $650 for going to Funky Town. People are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. So my question was, do you have any problem? I object to getting any personal records of mine. Where's that dummy? They couldn't, what did he take, 20 seconds to lie? Oh, that's it's it's absolutely phenomenal. Another thing that's phenomenal is you're you're supposed to believe Putin is the autocrat, but didn't the FBI informant just get put in jail on the, the day before some Democrat fish face judge just tried to bankrupt the ex president? A bombshell FBI informant file containing a ten million dollar bribery allegation against President Biden and his son was released Thursday. Mikola Slojevsky, the owner of a natural gas company, Burisma Holdings told the FBI informant in 2016 while meeting at a coffee shop in Vienna that it cost $5 million to pay one Biden and $5 million to another Biden. I wonder, is that part of the $24 million that our Congress 
found going into checking accounts linked directly to the Dimwood and Diapers some call president. And what about this guy who allegedly said it? Does anybody want to talk to him? Oh, you can't. Why? Can't find him. Mykola Zlochevsky is the founder of Burisma Holdings, which is one of the largest private natural gas producers in Ukraine. Burisma Holdings revenue is hidden behind the web of offshore companies in Cyprus and the British Virgin Islands. But I wonder if they ran into Fannie Willis. Boy, oh boy, wouldn't that be fun? Steve in Waukegan. Yeah, man, I'd sure like to get a piece of that action. Uh, <laughs> you want a little money for nothing, kid? Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I heard uh, Dalton's in, in jeopardy of having uh, 13 vehicles repossessed because they owe the bank 79 grand. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> There's the other one. She's more squad cars. I got one. I, wait a minute. I got it. Here it is. Hey, y'all! It's your mayor, <laughs> Tiffany A. Here and you're the people's mayor. We here in the village of Dalton, and we about to get our skate on. Remember, when all five of them trustees said no, look what God did. Ah! She built a skating <laughs> <laughs> You might as well laugh, Steve. We're too old to cry. She built a skating rink. Can you pay for the squad cars? Nah. Repo them. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I wonder how Chicago's going to end. I mean, after all, that mayor is a financial genius who had to pay his water, pay his water bill on a payment plan. Another bust out. Hey, I can't get enough of that, Squirrel. More financial turmoil in South Suburban Dalton after a bank says the village failed to make a massive payment. Yeah, the threat now. Tow trucks could be arriving soon to repossess some village vehicles. And WGN's Courtney Spinelli. It's not a massive payment. I mean, how could it be a massive payment? Didn't she spend three grand at Juicy Crab? What the hell is it called? Juicy Crab or Juicy Crawfish? I can't figure it out. Juicy Crab. You don't want any of those Juicy Crabs. Glenn and Oakbrook. Did you ever meet a girl with Juicy Crabs? Go ahead. I, I, I don't know anything about <laughs> Don't say anything. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So the U.S. Justice Department, our Biden Department of Justice, uh, just uh, sued the state of Tennessee over its <laughs> decades-old felony aggravated prostitution law, arguing that it illegally imposes tougher crimes and penalties on people who are HIV positive. <laughs> it, goes, it goes against the Americans with oh. Disability Act. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. You tell me this isn't funnier than Saturday Night Live. I think it is. Thank you very much. It's the best. Hey, you normalized it all. It's all normal. You start doing commercials. You got HIV. You take drugs. Nobody knows. You're spreading it like, oh, my word. Uh, George in Naperville, top that. Yeah, yeah Sean, with, with Fanny flying all over, burning that jet fuel, that can't be good for the environment. She's no. worse than Carrie. By the way, could you did you happen to catch her? Was that chiffon she was wearing yesterday? Don't wear that again. And somebody bring back girdles. Can you bring back a girdle? Uh, how much time I got, Squirrel? Rich, you need a park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? I'm ironically having a great time. How about you? World is collapsing. Right, We're the Soviet Union. The government gets away with outright thievery. And Joe Biden just wet himself. But other than that, everything's great. Everything is great. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, what happened? Would you pull a Biden on me? No, no. I, All uh, right. You didn't ruin your Zanza belts, did you? All right, go ahead. You want to know where all of that money's going? Well, part of it's going to go to this FBI informant uh, to say that he lied about uh, Biden and his kid uh, with, with their involvement in Ukraine. And oh, they put that guy in jail, Rich. Aren't you paying attention? They put him in jail. He brought the case. He said, look, 
This guy, I got him on tape. By the way, there's a tape. Did you know that, Squirrel? Oh, there's a tape. It's on tape. What about the tape? Did you talk to the guy who was the Burisma chief? Now we're going to put you in the cooler. You want to tell us more about our mafia, Don? No, no, no. According to a redacted FD-1023 form, Slochevsky allegedly claimed to have 17 recordings of conversations with the Bidens, two of which involved Joe, as well as many text messages. And Of course, we have the old phone records. Kevin, Austin, Texas. Hey, Sean. Yes. Great show, as usual. Thank you. I know you're aggravated, but I know you always got time. Yeah. And my, my daughter around this time always says, you know what? Dad, who are you on the phone with all the time <laughs> from work? I said, I'm on, I'm on with Sean, and you know what? He's going to wish you a happy birthday. So if you could say that, uh, we're waiting for a did birthday she, party right now. Just did she get the cards? Birthday. We're, we're waiting for the card. I got 82 cards so far. So thank you for for that uh, that effort. Oh, no we'll problem. Those. We're going to give them. We're going to give them all on Sunday. So if you just say, "Hey, Mary Elizabeth, happy sweets, golden sweet 16th birthday," I'll play it for her. She'll get a kick out of it. Oh, you got. It. Mary Elizabeth, you have a happy birthday, and you tell your daddy you appreciate him even though he embarrasses you sometimes. Happy 16th birthday, honey. Thank you very Thanks, much. Sean. Great show again. Thank you, brother. You take care of yourself. When I get back, uh, I, got a, I got a fantastic guest. You're going to absolutely love him. In fact, we, got a, we, got a, we might as well have a good time because we got to laugh. We're too old to cry. Even though these Democrat rats think they're getting away with it, they're not going to. And Joe Biden, I don't know what's going to happen in the end, but somebody put, better put a urinal cake on his tombstone. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. It's an interesting situation we find ourselves in. See, when you, when you visit the countries in Europe and you see the different philosophies that run those countries, be they communists, socialists, if they're a uh, country that believes they have royalty and royal blood, what made it our country the youngest and the richest was that we had the best philosophy, the philosophy of the Enlightenment. There's no question about it. The philosophy where no man is enslaved to another and every man has the right to his own life. Simple. But for some reason, people don't want that. They prefer to be slaves of comfort. My next guest understands philosophy. He's been studying it for what appears to be his entire life. He's an associate professor of ancient Greek philosophy at Colorado State University. He's also been published in numerous, numerous uh, uh, venues, including the National Review, the American Conservative, and Modern Age. He's the author of many books. His new book, The Virtue of Color Blindness, is out now. He is Dr. Andre Archie. Thank you so much for joining me, doctor. How are you? Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's always nice to be back with you. Well, what I love about it is that we really get to give people the ultimate hope, because even though you are in troubled times and even though things may be difficult, as long as you have a philosophy that's that's rooted in some principle, you can sustain virtually any circumstance. I've always believed that. And the reason I got I came to that conclusion is I used to write some or I used to read philosophers that were from the Soviet Union and this area of complete despotism and hopelessness, yet they were very philosophical in their life and the meaning of life. And I found it to be great optimism. And it's, it's, it's funny how it all traces back to the ancient Greek philosophers. And that's kind of where 
the enlightenment comes from, isn't it? Uh, that's exactly right. And, and, it's, and it's really nice that you mentioned the enlightenment because, and, and we can get more into this, but DEI, anti-racism, concepts like neutrality, objectivity, impartiality, equality, individualism, they find those concepts to be racist. They argue that those concepts perpetuate racism. They sort of hide behind this uh, disguise of neutrality. They hide these white structures that uh, stifle and that discriminate against people of color. But it's just the opposite, Sean. Those principles, you're right, they stem from the ancient Greeks, go to the Romans, and it it, it provided the grounds of our country. I mean, we, we, we're a country that sprouted, if you will, out of that enlightenment. And, and I'm not saying the enlightenment was perfect. I mean, any movement uh, had its negative features. But what was so significant about the enlightenment in terms of our country is that we have principles that defined us as Americans And because we are so diverse, those principles are a saving grace. And that's precisely what DEI, anti-racism, is trying to overthrow, trying to marginalize. Well, well, the trick is in balkanization, and then it's in the the misdefinition or misuse of words. I find, you know, when you you read about Karl Marx and Engels, although I, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the scum of the earth as far as I'm concerned, truly diabolically brilliant. And what they were were blacks or wordsmiths. And what they were able to do is contort words to use a, to create a virtue shield. And that's why in this country we find the totalitarians, the, the, the supremacists of government, always hiding behind the virtue shield of liberalism. And it drives me nuts, doctor. I mean, it drives me nuts. And I have callers and, and guests that, that, in my opinion, misuse the word because I'm the liberal. I don't want to force anybody to do anything, nothing. And I'm not a conservative. I don't even know what that means. I don't want to keep anything the same. In fact, if you believe in our principles, in the Enlightenment, in Aristotle, in Socrates, and you know, you could argue about the differences. But however, you believe in the in the unabashed freedom of the individual, and that is equality. But equality has been turned into equity, which is a word that can be bastardized. And this notion it, it breeds entitlement. I exist, therefore I deserve. And that's really the philosophy of the true face of greed, and that is the socialist, the communist, the Marxist, right? That's, that's exactly right. And, and, and I, I, I'm sympathetic to conservatism. I mean, I understand not wanting to put yourself in a box. I, I agree with you. But when I use that term in the book, it's specifically uh, in the context of conserving the principles that define us as a country. So in that respect, yeah. I'm very much a conservative. And so you're absolutely right. What we have to conserve is the concept of liberty, of equality. But that doesn't mean we can change the system. We can discriminate against others in order to pull other people up who might be behind. There are all sorts of reasons why other people have not achieved as much as others. Other groups have achieved, have achieved as much as others. So, but, we're not, but we can't rig the system. No, but they want to rig the system because they don't want people to have the choice. And, you know, this is a beauty of the Depression. And I mean yep. this. People chose at that time to not play the game anymore. And people were happy and content in being hobos or bums. They weren't criminals, but they chose to wander, and that was their choice with their life. It's amazing to me how what we're facing now are people that want to have that laissez-faire, responsible lifestyle where they have no responsibility, but yet they want to live 
like the guy who goes to work every day. That's the only real difference. And somehow they've been able to swindle society to where we're this communist light. And it takes away from the meritocracy and the beauty of freedom, in my opinion. Freedom is scary because it has a downside. But it there's only one way to, to, to really participate, and that's that you have to participate. And I don't like no. the idea that now people are entitled and they get more than the guys working their ass off. No, that's that's absolutely right. And I mean, you know, if you tell people that the system is, 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 is stacked against them, that it's structurally stacked against them, it's racist, then of course they're going to feel entitled. And, and ultimately they feel entitled because, let's face it, some are just not capable, not genetically. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying there's not a will, there's not a determination. Somewhere along the way, they just didn't get that. Now, I think that we can, we can, we can give those uh, values and that determination to, to many people if, if, if we're open to the principles that define us. But that begins in the family, begins in the schools. What? But we need to rediscover all of that, and, and that's the difficult part. Why is it so successful in the year 2024 to balkanize us through race when historically in this country, races have achieved things, all races have achieved things no other country was able to do in five times the amount of time that America did it? Why is it? I mean, if you took, you know, the data proves itself. If you took the American, uh, African-Americans and you separated them the way so many of the Marxists want to separate them and you look at the economy of the African-American, it would be the fifth most successful country in the world. But that's because success is individual. How have they been able to successfully put people in this race box? I don't understand it because I don't consider, I, I don't like white people. I don't care about them. I separate people by ideology. If you're a Marxist, if you're a communist, if you're a socialist, I don't want to be around you. But yet somehow they've managed to Box this entire race where nine out of ten people of this race will support a single party. That is astonishing to me. No, Sean. I, I, I mean, you're, you're. This is music to my ears. I mean, I, I you're preaching to the choir. I, I agree with you. I'm just as astonished. I, I don't get it. I think a lot of people are benefiting from this regime that 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 uh, uh, makes it makes people entitled. There, there are lots of people that benefit from it. Look at Kindy at Boston University. Oh. He's got millions of dollars. So, so why are people receptive to, receptive to this? Because there's all sorts of incentives to be receptive to this idea of government. If you don't have a family or if your family's broken, it's difficult to be an individual and you're going to be dependent on the government. We need to change that system because it's just well, making people receptive to this anti-capitalist uh, spirit that defines us. You know, doctor, I'm, I'm, I'm raised from a divorced home in the 70s. My mother and father were young. And my dad was was hot headed when they were young and I was a little kid. They had an argument and that was it. My dad said, I don't want anything. You know, I'm not going to give you the divorce. It was a different time in the 70s. My dad had never paid child support for me ever. And my mother never would go on welfare. But what yep. she used to tell me was very simple. She had a nice a big family and they would always help as well. I mean, I'm not discounting that. But it's funny because we would look at successful people and she would tell me if he did it. You can do it. And if it can be done by somebody, you can do it. And when I went to high school, I went to a high school in the Chicagoland area that had the largest amount or percentage of kids who were not Caucasian. It was a private school, but we had a, and, 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 the, and the kids of color were my friends. To a man, to a one of them, they all went on to have very successful lives. Why does a political movement, why do strangers get to take away the achievements 
of my friends in high school, of individuals who overcame circumstance that they want kids to believe, that's it, you're a failure forever. Why don't they inspire versus teach people how to be victims in perpetuity? Yeah, no, our, our background is very similar. I mean, my parents divorced when I was very young, but we, but we had that same mentality that your mom did. My mom had that same mentality. If they can do it, you can do it, Andre. And yeah. you just need to go out there and work hard, roll up your sleeves, play by the rules. You, you, you can do it. And, I'm wondering, and so, I wonder if you think we play into the hands of the government supremacist by some, some people who call themselves conservative or, or right wing or whatever the case is. They are beating the drum of the family. Right. You got to have the father. I hear it all the time. Believe me, I do. And the reality is you don't need two great parents. You need one good one. And if one is bad and a bad influence and bringing in drugs and beating the other one, well, then you have to separate it. And I don't I, I, I feel I feel if we take this position of there has to be this, this and this or you're, you're dead from you're, you're playing right into the hands of the government supremacist because the, then the government says we'll do it. Right. No, no, that's that's true. That's true. But I say I, I would say ideally, it's best to have a family with the mother and father. I mean, I'm speaking from experience. I mean, I, I, I my path would have been a bit easier if I would have had a father, uh, because I think just materially it would have helped uh, in terms of, you know, situations, et cetera. But I got over all of that. But I do think that it's 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 ideally that would be the path that I would go down. But you're right. When 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 folks, children don't have that. It, it makes it that much easier to be dependent. And I think that's the mentality, that's the philosophy that is dominating in the public square today. And it's made things worse. You're right. It plays into the hands of the government bureaucrats, and they're happy uh, for people to be dependent on them. And so that needs to change. And I think it, it changes by you speaking up, me speaking up, and, and people realizing that they're, they're puppets. They're being used. And, yeah. and we have to get away from that. And the lack of philosophy in life today is is it's unbelievable to me i mean all my life you live by a philosophy and when you struggle the way you the way you described your situation let's take your situation you assume it would be easier if the father came along because maybe that's what you saw through the window of your friends or through the the stories at school but if your father were rachel levine it might not have been easier if your father right. were a drug addict, it might not have been easier. So it's hard to have those arguments in, abs, in, 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 in things that didn't happen, that didn't take place. But the fantastic thing to realize, it's the struggles individually that we have that make us who we are. And sometimes it's that pressure that makes the diamond, not always the dust, but the person gets to choose it. But to give kids philosophy is something that doesn't exist anymore. And that's the problem I have. I don't know if it's a bad parenting thing, but... You know, when, when I was, I'm, I'm very blessed to be born in the 60s because you were talked to like an adult from a very early age. You were expected to do things from a very early age. You know, it's funny now, you have kids in their 20s that were never expected to do anything, and then we expect them to understand the trials and tribulations of pressure rather than voting and supporting people who say, you have no pressure, we'll take it all away from you. We've positioned ourselves in this, in this place we are, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, we've coddled uh, young people to the degree that they don't feel like they have the capability of doing anything. And you talk about philosophy. You're absolutely right. That's one, one thing that I had. It was like, it was like a, a compass, and I knew exactly where to go to be successful. It, that philosophy was key, this idea of upward mobility. But why we don't communicate that 
in a way that says, hey, as an American, even if you don't have a mother or a father or mother and a father, you can still be successful. You play by the rules and you look up to those who you admire, who yeah. are law-abiding, you know? And so, so there, are, there are other factors other than the family, of course, but even those uh, institutions have broken down and, and sort of communicate this entitlement uh, uh, mentality. That's, that, that's the problematic part. There's another thing that's fascinating to me, and that is the assumption that people who are not Caucasian cannot be racist. I'm going to tell you, dealing with Chicago news, watching Chicago, we have an entire suburb here who wants to reintroduce segregation. This is a movement of people of color, not of white people. And I chuckle to myself thinking this is exactly what the Klan wanted, and now you're doing it for them. But the reality is we've somehow turned a blind eye to the fact that People of all races can be racist, can't they? Of course. I mean, Sean, I mean, it's, it's just it's hilarious to think that there are people who feel as if people of color, black Americans cannot be racist. I mean, I'm a black American. I mean, I know, I know lots of black people. Some of them are racist. And, and it, 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 it's just absurd to think otherwise. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I could imagine how Chicago is. I mean, I visited there. I was born in Kansas City, Missouri, a fairly large black population. Uh, but, you know, aside from white people, I mean, there are certainly black people who are racist. I mean, it, it's just absurd to think otherwise. We have this system that has built, built a quality of life that most Americans just take for granted as an understatement. They cannot fathom an area in, in the world where what our conveniences are are luxuries. So when you have this place in time, and you hear politicians demonize all of the people and reasons we became so successful in life. Aren't they, in essence, saying we've progressed enough and we don't need to go any further? Are you noticing to me this is a return of the primitives and what, we're, what our politicians are advocating is regression, not progression? Yeah, but I think that they're, they're, they're making that, that argument not for themselves, but for other people. And so, again, I think it's that entitlement mentality making people feel passive, a lack of agency. But when I look around, I don't think that they make those arguments, or at least in private, they're not acting that way, not at all. And so I think the values that they're, they're advocating in their personal lives to their children is just the opposite what they, what they uh, advocate in the public square, which is anti-capitalism, which is a type of socialism using other people's money. But I think when it comes to them, they, they, they do not believe... Uh, that we've we've stopped progressing. I, I, I think it's just that um, they're not consistent. They're hypocrites. And, and that's unfortunate because the people who need to hear that uh, are the people that are in need uh, of, of, of help the most. Don't you think people who started out from a position of weakness but had the ability to climb the positions of strength should be the greatest advocates for the system that permitted that? Are you as disgusted as I am when you look at people of all races, but specifically people who want to implement modern-day racism, who've climbed to the heights of billionaire, millionaire, hundred millionaire, and now are claiming victimhood? Isn't that the greatest insult to the philosophy of the Enlightenment itself? Oh, I mean, I, I think about that all the time. I don't, I don't get it. I, I do not get it. They should be the loudest advocates. Yeah. You know, people like Oprah, uh, exactly. uh, Zuckerberg. I mean, I mean, all these people, I mean, it, it's amazing. I mean, the, the conditions that made it possible for them to amass their millions and billions 
Yeah. You're right. They should be out there in the streets advocating for the very principles that got them there, the very system that got them there. It doesn't mean the system is perfect, but it means that yeah. if you if you work hard, you play by the rules, you can still be successful. People with private jets who now want to be socialists make me smile. <laughs> this, <laughs> the virtue of colorblindness. It's out now. He is Dr. Andre Archie. Doctor, where can we go to get the book to make you the happiest? So I, I go to Amazon, one click, and, and it'll be to your door either today, depending on where you are, or tomorrow. Uh, you can also go to Barnes & Noble, your local Barnes & Noble. It's starting to roll out. It was published on the 2nd of January, but now it's pretty much everywhere. All right. But are, Amazon would be the fastest. Are you ever going to make your way to Naples, Florida? Um, I'd like to. I'd right. like to. If you ever do, I'm, I'm, I want you to give, my, give me a call. I'm taking you for a cigar. All right? Awesome. Awesome. Right. It, 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 Sean, you... you you're a very bright guy. I mean, it's oh. uh, having me back. It's fun. Oh, thank you. I've had, a, I've had the time of my life. Can't wait to meet you in person. Thank you, doctor. Thank you, Sean. Yep. We'll, Bye-bye. we'll be back with your calls and comments. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You always tell when it's Friday. Squirrel takes it up a notch. Let's talk about Tennessee. You booked a cabin in August 2023 and paid for a cabin in Tennessee. That's when you paid for it. I don't know when the trip was. Can you tell us about that? August of 2023? Mm-hmm. You booked a trip for $1,481.54. Are you, are you asking me, did I take that trip with Miss? Willis, or are you asking me? First, I was just asking you to acknowledge that that is correct from the records, that you oh. paid for a cabin in Tennessee. Do you recall, and hopefully you can do it from your memory, do you recall paying for a cabin six months ago, $1,400.81 in Tennessee? Where, 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 where are we now? What page is that? I'm just asking. I'll tell you what, he might not be too sharp. You should see that son of a gun. In a black leather jacket with no shirt on underneath, he's a bad mother. Mitchell displains. Hey, Sean, you know, it's funny. Brandon Johnson, you, the, last, the last segment you had about, you know, racism. Brandon Johnson thinks that blueberry muffins are racist. My right. drum kit, the Ludwig, this is my, my drum kit, a Ludwig, right, with the all-pro Zildjian symbols, they're racist, too. Yeah. And we can't forget red and white wine, they're racist. And your cigars, oh, no, they're really racist. Yeah. It's funny. They use that as a red herring every time they're on the grill of judgment, of the judge and the jury, right? Team Libra all the way. Yeah. And the scales of justice. And when they're being fried, what they do is they deflect to this thing called, oh, well, you're just being racist. I mean, at some point, this is in 1960. And by the way, this is in 1960. And all, by the way, what about the 60 Democrats that own slaves? If you want to go back to that, or- to that origin, they never bring that up. I guess they get a free pass. What do you think, Sean? Uh, I think it's a great red herring. And I think it works because the people who buy it are ironically the victims of government supremacy. They're the victims. You've got mill- tens of millions of people in this country who are victims of government supremacy. Take Chicagoans, for example. I mean, what you have happening right in front of your face is fascinating. Rob, the I-Team has learned that 68,000 Chicagoans are estimated to be experiencing homelessness tonight, hidden in plain sight, according to a new report. That's about equal to the population of Skokie. Our six-month investigation revealing big shifts in where the homeless are staying, thousands more living in shelters or on the street. Tonight, what the city and advocates are doing to try to change that. It's everywhere. It's in everybody's community. 
Brian Rogers. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, the the mayor. Who I what I what I can't. Is he is he white? He's white, right? Or no, he's black. Oh, he's black. You sure? What did he just do? With just days left until the new year, the Johnson administration tells CBS2 that the city took in more tax dollars than they were expecting in 2023. That allowed them to use $95 million of money, which was given to the city through the American Rescue Plan for day-to-day government operations to cover migrant expenses. I love it. I love it. The 68,000 Chicagoans whose families have paid taxes, maybe your third generation, fourth generation. You know what? Take it on the chin, dummies. This crisis is painfully visible. I've seen more bodies removed here than at any point in my life. The I-team has been monitoring these West Loop encampments since last summer. Residents also sharing photos and videos with us. We're talking about the viaducts at Fulton Street, Milwaukee Avenue, and Lake Street between Clinton and Canal. You know what? Oh, don't worry. I know how to clean up the viaducts. You know how, Squirrel? Just like they did in L.A. Here's Gavin Newsom. On tour to tell you how they cleaned up the Vidox. You'll never believe what the solution is. Money. And, of course, you have to kidnap the homeless and bring them some other area. So we're here at the 5th Street entrance uh, in San Francisco. Behind me, you see a site that's very familiar all throughout the state of California. That's all of these Caltrans underpasses. This had garbage. This had graffiti. We've got a $2.6 million state commitment starting next month to revitalize this site. It's actually going to be a dog park. Uh, $2.6 million to build a dog park. By the way, 68,000 homeless. If uh, California got rid of two-thirds of their homeless people, they'd still have more than 68,000. How are the Democrat policies working? Well, they work good if you're corrupt. Mayor Brandon Johnson announcing millions of dollars in grants to bring new businesses to Chicago's underserved communities. And so the Community Development Grant Program it capitalizes on this potential space. And it turns it into promise for a brighter future. Hey, bust out. Oh, bust out. Got 68,000 homeless people in Chicago. What's your big plan, dummy? I first took office. This was a largely peaceful homeless encampment. And then over time, it became just a magnet for drugs. This is that kid, uh, Honey Bunny. I forget his name. His father's a big hedge fund guy. He thinks he's going to be the next mayor. So he's uh, pretending to stand for something. But he's a Democrat. So it's just an admission you're part of the mafia member, but it does explain your father's success, bust out. Drugs and crime. We had a few armed robberies. We had three shootings, one of them fatal. Cat Faye was attacked twice as she tried to pass these tents in her wheelchair while on her way home. One of the many reasons she recently moved. We were engaged by someone that was completely, you know, out of his mind on drugs. So you know what the answer is, Squirrel? Let's take these people who are clearly on drugs and all kinds of problems. And let's put them above businesses. And let's bring them to an area that isn't terrible yet, but will be after this play. It's a concern for safety. It's a concern for property values. It's a concern of what does this look like? Welcome back. In Uptown, a proposed homeless shelter is making waves with neighbors, calling the plan unprecedented. As a result, tomorrow morning, the issue goes before the city's zoning board of appeals. Our Casey Cronus has details. While there are other shelters in the area, neighbors say they don't share space with existing retail and fear this could jeopardize the future of those small businesses. You think so? So here's the moral of the story. If Uptown was a stock, you'd be selling it. 
This stretch of business is really important for this entire corridor. On Wilson Avenue, just steps away from the red line, Cornerstone Community Outreach is looking to create a 40-unit transitional shelter for men in place of existing apartments and above first-floor retail. There's no precedent for this. There's not been uh, an example of a mixed-use building that shares both the transitional shelter with retail businesses. Uh, You're a little wrong. If you just go to the West, California, and that will explain why property values have plummeted, costs have skyrocketed, and the quality of life diminished to a third world. That's kind of what you Democrats do. Sharon, parts unknown. Hi, Sean, my name is Sharon. All right. Nice to meet you. Hi. Okay. Okay. Uh, Representative Ozinga out of the 37th District came up with a bill. If you go on uh, Illinois policy, it is, uh, let me see, HJR bill. I got to get in here. Okay. It's HJRCA0018 to change the language in the uh, state constitution from structural and procedural to something that allows the citizenry to actually hopefully control the way Illinois runs its government. I don't know. This is a step in the right direction because even though we've had things on the ballot, the court is nullified because of that language in the state constitution. So we might have a shot at something. I called the Springfield office and I basically thanked him for pushing a bill like this through. But go on Illinois policy, as you well know. I've met, I've met Ozinga. He's a good guy. I mean, I think he's a little bit of a the little ant pushing the rubber tree plant, but he's a good guy. I wish him the best of luck. There's too many good people here, but look, it's only controlled. What what are the Democrat mafia control? Cook and DuPage and what? Maybe parts yeah. of Lake? Look at what the, those yeah. few, that true minority of degenerate morons have done to a great state. So I hope Ozinga the best of luck. After all, his family has been a blessing to this state. They've employed, what, thousands? What he did is cement company. And what he, what he managed yeah. to do is bring the quality of life that people take for granted. So... I wish him a lot of luck. I personally think he, I hope he's hedged, but I do believe there are Ozinga trucks I've seen in Florida. Good for him. Robert Bloomingdale. John, how you doing? Splendid. Listen, you know, this really gets me upset there. Which you part? Know, it's only a- Be specific. Is it the economy? Is it the bastardization of our principles? Or the fact that the gangster government is persecuting the ex-president? Which one? It's the last and the second. I mean, instead of worrying about what president, they're doing to President Trump like that joke in Georgia going on, you got uh, homeless veterans being shoved out, people with issues being shoved out. I want to see what's going to happen when the radical left convention comes. How are they going to move all these homeless people out to make themselves Come on, look good? Like when the Chinese communist overlord came to California. There'll be flags and daisies. It'll be splendid. Because in that week, they'll enforce the law, but only in a very small area. The rest of Chicago, eh, it's going to be the third world it is today. 312-642-5600. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. AM 560, The Answer. You know, at least Boris Yeltsin had an excuse, squirrel. He was drunk! Joe Biden just walks like a drunk baby on wet grass. How long ago did that train derail in Ohio? He finally got there? I'll tell you what. Safety. I'll tell you, if you have a chance, watch it on television, because you'll see just how feeble, how useless, how demented this moron is. First and foremost, uh, President Biden has been laser focused on East Palestine from day one. Um, Laser focused since day one. 
This is what it looks like when he's laser focused. Honey Bunny just whispered in my ear, 387 days and change. All right, even more. Uh, this is a, a Marxist side saddle who is the head of the EPA. How do you think he got there? Same way Kamala Harris did. Can you help us understand why it took so long for the president to make this trip? Was there a specific reason? Was his own health considered in making this decision? You know, what I would say is the president has been laser focused since day one, uh, deployed a whole of government approach and decided to strategic. Sounds sweet, doesn't he, Squirrel? Sounds like a sweet fella, doesn't he? I wonder if Pete knows him. Pete Silvestri, I think he does visit and engage when he thought the time was right. I will note uh, that a lot of work has gone on this past year, and it has been as of late that the mayor extended an invitation to the president to join, and the, the president is responding to that local invite, which I think is very appropriate. Honey Bunny, if news breaks on how much they had to pay people to go and pretend that the president was the president instead of an election thief and a traitor, let me know if we can get any information. In the meantime, I know just how much we've spent on illegal aliens versus Chicagoans. What are we at, about a billion one now? ...and tried to get in our way, and he lurched after me, tried to grab me by the arm. Numerous agencies are working to help those living here. Ten people recently accepted shelter from the city. We want to make homelessness rare, brief, and non-recurring. In 20... Well, you kind of suck at that. In fact, since the Democrats took on the war on poverty, you know what's happened? Poverty has more than quintupled. That's what Democrats do. They fail and make it look like they're trying real hard. The grants awarded today answer the need for new development and economic activity. And they will strengthen neighborhoods across the city, especially those that have... You think anybody's going to ask what happened to the businesses that used to be there? The ones that are out of business? Think anybody will figure out why? Same policies, Marxist fraud. Craig and Mount Greenwood. Sean, thank you much for taking my call. Sure. Hey, um, if you don't mind, before I make my point, I'd like to wish um, Bunny's mom, uh, Kathleen, a uh, happy birthday. I've met her. She's a beautiful lady. Uh, Easy uh, now. Daughter, uh, Bunny, Easy. Don't be embarrassing the people here. You, you, you're scaring her now. Now stop nah, driving around their house. Go ahead. Uh, they have personalities to match, and you well know that. Beautiful personalities to match. All right, anyways, on, uh, so happy birthday to you, Kathleen. Okay, now, these rats... And everything like that that we call a government and the justice, we, we got nothing. But here's the thing. What Russia has, the Russian people, they know what they have. They know just how corrupt and rotten their government is and all stuff like that. Our people, the American people, there's so many of them. They're so, they don't realize it. They don't realize that we've got even worse than the Russians. We've got worse, way worse. And that's what makes it so dangerous is because they can get away with so much because the people are, we're like asleep. Not you and I, Sean. But there's too many people in America totally asleep and don't realize. This is the beauty of, this. of the circumstance. I mean that. This is the beauty. This is an undeniable banana republic. And what you see by this idiot in New York, even the people who might thought themselves to be Democrats that weren't, say, aficionados, even they know what this goal is. And all you have to do is ask them who gets the money, who's the victim. And once they realize that the same government that favors illegal aliens in Chicago over Chicagoans gets the money, maybe then they'll pull their head out of their ass and stop being useful idiots to the Democrat mafia. Maybe. But, uh, you know, there are people cheering this tonight. Believe me, you know that. Look at Oak Park. It's raining men. 
Hallelujah. You know, this is a significant win for the New York Attorney General, Letitia James. She'd been investigating this case ever since Michael Cohen testified before Congress when he made this first allegation that Trump had inflated the value of properties to get better loans, rates on loans and insurance and to pay less in tax. Whoa, I found a little flaw. What do you mean better rates on insurance? Here's how insurance works, you fracking moron. The more valuable it is, the higher your premium, not lower. But see, these are idiots that never did anything in life. None of them ever made a dollar outside of government or this mimicking of information called media. The more valuable, the higher the rate, you fracking more. Ah, you're a Democrat. So she is now justified um, by this finding by the judge. And again, this was a judge trial. This was not a jury trial. So we now do you think that. Maybe we could show this fool, this child, that when a bank values how it's going to give a loan, it's not necessarily on the value of the asset, especially when it's commercial. It's on the amount of money it's generating. It's called a cap rate. Oh, boy, that's going to be Econ 102 for you fracking morons. But none of you know that. In the meantime, you know how you're going to pretend to help people after you drive them out of business, right? You just rain money like these idiots do in a strip joint been historically neglected the mayor says this is part of his administration's investment in what he calls the soul of chicago yeah it's a ghetto now i remember when it was good sad part is nobody else does we'll be back from the streets of melrose park to the trading floor of the merc he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned and now with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Cause it feels My so next guest... Exactly who we need to talk about the topic at hand that the government itself has unleashed criminals on a society. Its only job is to enforce the laws. Yet in these Democrat mafia run areas, they decided there's more money in not enforcing it and pretending to solve problems they cannot because number one, they created them. For at seventeen years old, she held a position as a dispatcher. Seventeen years old. She went on to have a long career. Patrol, investigations, narcotics, juvenile, hostage negotiations, crime prevention, canine, and field training. She's been a law enforcement trainer for over 20 years. She is a spokeswoman for the National Police Association. She is retired Sergeant Betsy Brainer-Smith. How are you? Thank you for joining me. Hey, thank you for having me. It's always great to be right? Well, it is great, but, you know, we're calling you from a once great city that now is resembling Guadalajara as the cartels are running amok, the gangs are creating chaos. In fact, in one week, we had 467 cars stolen. Last night, we had massive car windows broken. We're getting people robbed to go to the ATM. I mean, it is devolving into a third world. And you started out in Chicagoland, didn't you? I I am an only born and raised girl. I did my whole police career in uh, the Chicago suburbs. And, uh, there, I was so heartbroken at what was happening. I We've got a bad connection, I think Betsy. If, I think we were, we've got it. Can you hear me? Oh yeah. All right. Go ahead. 
Can you hear me? Now I can. Oh, there we go. Sorry oh. about that. No, no problem. Go right ahead. So I think when Brandon Johnson gets rid of uh, spot shotter, uh, shot spotter, yeah. you know, everything will get better, right? Because <laughs> that's just an evil racist tool of the Chicago Police Department. I mean, it's just getting ridiculous. And I, you know, I travel around the country and train police officers. And, uh, and frankly, it's embarrassing when people ask me what, what the heck is going on in Chicagoland. Well, and, we, we uh, have politicians that you know, want to stop uh, vehicle stops for people speeding and license plate. And, you know, the way in which, what is it, 60% of, of guns get discovered in a car at a traffic stop? They want to eliminate traffic stops. Betsy, at a certain point, we have to recognize the government is assisting the drug-dealing, gang-banging scum. They're not just enabling, they're assisting them to get away with crime. That's how I see it. Well, I think that's a great way to put it because, uh, you know, and again, as you said, I have been a government employee since I was 17 years of age. So I know how flawed government is can be and that the frustration that we all have not just in the chicagoland area but throughout this nation is that the things that government is tasked with doing they are not doing it and of course in cook county you know you have you have the very first installed soros installed district attorney fox who i know is on her way out but she was the first one that George Soros said, hey, let's put her there and see what happens. She battle for these nearly 80 woke DAs around the country who are doing everything they can to help criminals and doing nothing for crime victims. Betsy, what's, what's, what's shocking and undeniable is my first allegation that the government is assisting Criminals. Now, I want you to think about something. When I talk about police, I'm not one of these guys who's going to blow smoke up everybody's derriere when it comes to cops. I'm from Melrose Park. There are good cops, there are okay cops, and there are terrible cops. And I'm all for getting rid of terrible cops. And in fact, it's been so obvious to me that we've had so many terrible cops that we've had gangs, street gangs, that have become multi-billion dollar entities, whether it's the Sinaloa cartel or the gangster disciples. Every housewife in the suburbs knows about heroin highway and where to go to get their fix. And yet somehow nobody could, could find it. That leads me to believe that they've had protection of the government for decades. But when you see them releasing just street-level degenerates who are shooting and breaking in the windows, they've understood that the real money is going to be into the absolute total collapse of a once great city. And this is government from the inside assisting the bad players, is it not? I absolutely believe that it is. And, you know, you can go back to when I was a rookie cop in 1981, and you look at the street gang problem that we had then. Now you fast forward to 2024, where we still have... 33,000 different street gangs identified in this country. And then down here where I live in Arizona and all along the southern border, we're opening this nation to other countries' street gangs, to, to the cartels, to the Venezuelans, that we could go on and on and on. So when you talk about government-assisted crime, 
That's exactly what is happening at the southern border, and that's what exactly what is happening in Chicagoland. Now, I have the benefit of, of going back and forth, right? So I spend the vast majority of my time in a state that doesn't tolerate this, that prosecutes criminals. I, I live in southwest Florida, and it's a different world. Our sheriffs give daily briefings that they broadcast over the Internet. If you are a scumbag, low-life degenerate, we will hunt you down. We will put you in prison for the rest of your miserable existence. And if you pull a gun, we will kill you. This is something that I, I'm, I'm quoting, uh, not verbatim, but I'm giving you the, uh, the idea of what the sheriff, Judd, who's on the east coast of Florida, this is what he does on a daily basis. And it's a different world, and the, and the, the tranquility of life is far greater than when I come back to Chicago, and you know who's in charge here. And it's not you, the honest citizen. It's not your police department that wants to enforce the laws in a, in a decent suburb where I still have a, a, an interest in property. What it is is the gangs, and, the, and, and you're just hoping not to be a victim. And I'm wondering, when you import Venezuelan gangs where the FBI says this is a big problem, at what point does it become their election of duty and the people have, a, have recourse by appealing to, I guess, the federal government, but when it's run by Democrats, does it matter? Well, and and there's your point. Yes, of course, it's malfeasance that that government is not, you know, whether it's state, local, or federal, is not doing everything they can to keep Americans safe. But you bring up a great point. Every time I travel to Illinois, now I am legally able to carry a firearm in all fifty states, but. It's my husband and I are so concerned when we go to especially Cook County because if we do have to use that legally carried firearm, we're worried about us being indicted, us being arrested, us being prosecuted by the Cook County State's Attorney's Office. You know, I, I, I'm almost more afraid of them than I am having to deal with the gangbangers, the armed robbers, yeah. whatever it is. That's why we got all of our kids to move out of. Chicago and out of Illinois, because what Illinois has done and other states are trying it, we're, we're experiencing that here in southern Arizona, is the politicians want to take our guns away. They want to make it so difficult for us to not only own guns, to, but, but to possess and carry them legally. They, want, they don't care about armed criminals. They talk about gun control. They want to disarm us. See, and that's a sad state, right? When you're the legal citizen, you've done everything right your whole life, and all of a sudden you're the one who has to fear your government. And you watch the arrogance of these morons that have destroyed, whether it's the Magnificent Mile or now they're trying to go into Oak Brook, these third world morons that rob and they have smirks on their face when you saw that illegal alien give the double finger. You know, that's why I'm glad I grew up in Melrose Park, because we don't call the police. We all carry shovels in our trunk. And that's exactly how I would handle an issue. I'm not calling the police for jack because I am. I realize I'm the one that's going to go to jail. I could get carjacked by three guys if I happen to kill them, which I'm itching to do. I'm the guy that's going to go to prison. They'll never go. And that's a sad state of affair. And that's how you know you're in a Democrat area. Well, and you got to think about when, and, and I've loved seeing when these thugs go to places like Oak Brook or Naperville, and guess what? They find out they're in DuPage County and that, that we don't have a Soros-installed uh, state's attorney in DuPage County, which, you know, we love to see. But you are absolutely right. And this is what people need to understand. I want everybody listening to this to understand. This is all up to you. We select the government. We wow. select our leadership. We have got to participate in elections, and we've got to understand who are, we are voting for, not just for president, 
stop getting all worried about who's going to be president. Look at who's on your county board, who's on your city council, who's going to be your suburban mayor. Who's I got on news your for you, Betsy. Board? Chicago could resurrect Shea Gravera. He'd win by 100% of the vote. And at a certain point, they they get what they deserve. But it's still heartbreaking when you realize there are good people begging for somebody to help them. And when you see something like this shot spotter, which policemen, uh, uh, ambulance drivers have said, it's saved lives. People don't call the police anymore because it's common to hear gun shooting out of your house like you were in Gaza. But the reality is the police go there. They might save a kid who's bleeding to death. That's all going to go away. And, I, you know, it's tragic for the people that that don't deserve it. But for the 80 percent that vote Democrat every time at a certain point, should we just start taking that? Ah, you get what you deserve attitude. Well, I got you. We still got to look around and say these are our fellow Americans. And so what we need to do is work hard to continue to educate them, to get them to understand that what they are doing, the votes that they are putting in every time they go to the ballot box, they are voting against their own best interest. They're voting against their safety. They're voting against low taxes. It's up to us, and conservatives like me, it's up to us to help educate people and get through all the noise that the liberals want them to hear and tell them the truth. You know, it's interesting. Um, I live in a decent area. When I'm in Florida, it's, it's a different world. But when I come back or my property or, that I have an interest in is still in a decent area. And it's interesting to see uh, how some of these guys have kind of d- adopted the philosophy of people in the third world where they're paying private security to drive past their house. They're paying private security to, to park in their driveway. Um, that's the direction that we're going in right now. And I'm wondering, are you hearing in the police world some retired cops that say, you know what? I think we're going to start a company. There's one here called Blue Star. It's an ex-law enforcement guy. I know he's doing boomer business, and he deserves it. He hires a lot of ex-cops, and they do offer that service. But do you think that's going to be the way to go for the short term if you're unfortunately trapped and by love or affection or business you can't leave the way you and me and your kids did? Well, yeah, absolutely. And we are seeing that because right now police officers are retiring as soon as they possibly can. So we have fairly young retired cops, you know, 50, 55 years old. You also have people who are leaving the police profession because they're tired of what they're seeing. They're also tired of being attacked and vilified and demonized. And so they're leaving the law enforcement profession. They are going into, we don't call it private security. We actually call it private policing, exactly like what you're talking about. And we do see that around the country. And I think it's a great thing for people to participate in if they can afford it. Unfortunately, what that does is it makes safety and it makes law and order um, property only of those who can afford it. And so who gets screwed over? It's people who live in poor neighborhoods who can't afford the private police. You know, this whole thing is predicated on the death of a low-life degenerate scumbag who was trying to pass a counterfeit $20 bill. He was a drug addict, drug dealer. He was a robber, rapist, and an all-around lowlife. But yet he's been cantonized, for lack of a better word. There's a documentary that came out, The Fall of Minneapolis, which has the greatest detail of exactly what a piece of garbage George Floyd was. The fact of that happening 
and the fact that the autopsy has been released, and he didn't die because somebody was on his neck. He died because he overdosed on drugs because he was always a drug ba- drug uh, dealing, drug consumer scumbag. Do you think maybe in the future the truth will come out about George Floyd and exactly the Marxist movement we've been living through the last three and a half years? I know Liz Collin, the producer of that documentary, one of my girlfriends is in that documentary, and the night that the third precinct was being burned down, allowed to burn down by the city officials, she was texting me real-time photos of the third precinct burning down. I think the word will get out, but it's getting out slowly because they are trying to push down the documentary, The Fall of Minneapolis, which you can get on Rumble and YouTube free, and I encourage everyone to watch it. But here's what I people to think about when we talk about George Floyd. Thousands, thousands of young African-American men have been murdered since then, and murder rates continue to go up around this country as a sacrifice for St. George Floyd. I want people to ask themselves, was it worth it? Are all these additional dead bodies worth it? Because we wanted to pay homage to one dead criminal who we now know wasn't murdered by the police. No, of course not. You know, Betsy, it's something when I was a kid, my best friend in life was Cuban. His mother and father fled Fidel Castro. And I would see throughout my life, Shea Guevara's face. And I had the benefit of, of knowing Cubans and knowing what a mass murderer, sick son of a dog, communist Shea Guevara was. And when, I, when, when Barack Obama was running for president, I was dropping my daughter off at the orthodontist in, in a, an area called River Forest. You're familiar with it. And mm-hmm. he had a campaign headquarter. Barack Obama in that campaign headquarter was a picture of Shea Guevara. It was at that moment, it was undeniable to realize where the future would lead, where the trajectory of our nation was. And when you see Shea Guevara on T-shirts and George Floyd on a wall, it's hard to point out the differences. So I appreciate you and your colleagues for always being ready to give us options and enforce the rule of law in decent-run areas. Really, Betsy, thank you so much for coming on. I so appreciate you. Where can the people go to support you? Go to nationalpolice.org, nationalpolice.org. See all the great things that we are doing. Follow our Twitter account. Follow me on Twitter at SGT Betsy Smith, Sergeant Betsy Smith. And you so make me miss Chicago. Oh, really? Thank you very much. But if you ever come back, you take the Melrose Park approach to crime. You carry a shovel in your trunk in case things go sideways, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. They won't let the... Just take the leash off. Give about 30, 40 decent coppers. Take the leash off. They'll clean up that ghetto... In record time. My nephew could lead the charge. We are staying on top of breaking news this morning. Dozens of cars had their windows smashed overnight in the South Loop. CBS 2's Mugo Digwe is live at the scene near 16th and Indiana. Mugo- See, the reality is when you hear these stories, if he's arrested in the traditional way and you, got the, you have the uh, Soros-funded Democrat Marxist scum who beats her husband up, Kim Fox, look at the case. She lets the kid out. Your only hope is that he breaks the window of a Melrose Parker. 
and ends up screaming in a forest preserve. Not the way that a lot of those guys scream in a forest preserve with their underwear in their mouth, but the real way. So what have you seen so far? Is, is it bad as it, we were told it is? It's pretty bad, Dana, and we're talking call. Not the Fannie Willis in the Bahamas screaming. I'm talking about the old uh, Goodfellas guy. Car after car here, but I'm going to show you the ones that we can easily get to from where we're standing because these are all driver's side windows, so we cannot stand close to the cars or close to the road. But take a look here. If you look at this white car, if you look on the... Yeah, so what? You had 467 stolen in one week! But there's another side effect of the third world. Once great city, now Chicago. A suburban woman is followed home from the ATM and then robbed in her parking garage. Police say it has happened several times in recent days. The suspect is a Chicago public school Democrat. But here's the good news. If you are on one of those mystical, magical pensions, I believe it was payday today, right? Ooh, here he is, not eating Salisbury steak anymore. Cream puffed him. Yeah, that's like a desert island waiting for this check. Thank you for the man. You put your hamburger helper on salad. What do you got going on today? Steak sandwiches, Gene and Giorgetti's garbage salad like a man. (laughs) I was thinking about black Smirnoff is going to go to get 25 years for that bizarre story about Barisna. Yeah. My, my choice, my choice of was always Stolies. I don't know if you ever drank vodka, but Smirnoff was just vodka. No, I drank scotch, I mean, baby. If I order vodka, you better put a feather on my head. You would think you were with Indians. Yeah. No, I know. No kidding. Right. Yeah, <laughs> the darker the booze, the better. No. But anyway. Uh, I like throwing the whole place up for grabs. The whole place. They're 30, <laughs> 30, 30 short in the pants. I want all of them. Every one of them. Yeah, I should I should take him at ten of the tag was my motto. Yeah, but anyway, this 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 character uh, Smirnoff, he's looking at twenty five years. I don't think you find him in Russia. Yeah, yeah, you know what's funny? You know what that would be called in a country that had some integrity would be called a whistleblower. See, but you guys know that these guys are on the take. After all, it was you that used to put on Ed Burke's socks, right? You here you go, Eddie. Mr. Alderman. How many short in the pants guys followed him around just hoping money'd fall out of his pocket? You guys love the criminals. You can't help it. Yeah, but I had a cousin who was his committee man for years. Sure he did, putting baby uh, oil on his love handles. Yeah. Don't worry. Anyway, There's a lot anyway, of money in but, crime. Just ask just ask Barisma. How much money were we talking, Squirrel, with this Barisma? It seems like a lot. The estimated revenue is at least above five hundred million dollars per year. Mykola Zlopchevsky, through his proxy companies, is the biggest holder of Ukrainian oil and gas special permits, the majority of which he gained when he was the Minister of Environment and Natural Resources in Ukraine. See how that works? They become the government. This is the ex-KGB after the fall. Then the government has all these phony powers, like, say, the head of the EPA. Then he gets the exclusivity of Burisma, and he just has to cut in the right guys. And if you look into that, you investigate into that, well, then you're going to feel the American short in the pants mafia. Convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev. And, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor. And they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "Nah." I said, "I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said, call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." 
I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put him. And where is someone. where's Zolchevsky? Where's the oligarch? Ah, he's with Ihor Kolomorsky. They got a few hookers in a room and they're dancing to that Ukrainian disco music because Zelensky signed another deal with France. More money, more money, more money. And in the meantime, if you want to give information to the authorities, well, then you end up in prison. And Putin's the bad guy, right? Sure he is. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Arguably one of the busiest news weeks. Well, if this was anything but the Biden administration, this would be a busy news week in, in, in government. And there would have been massive scandals. And it wouldn't be that Donald Trump overinflated prices to get uh, lower interest rates from banks who were paid in full. And this warning of history watching, I think there is a silver lining. here. Now, as I've said before, and I mean this in a literal sense, history is watching. History is watching the House of Representatives. History is watching. And history will recognize exactly what the important stories were. And they'll recognize on the week where a corrupt, Democrat, ugly, fish-faced judge tries to bankrupt an ex-American president. That's not the biggest story of the week. This is. The U.S. intelligence community asked foreign spy agencies to surveil 26 associates of Donald Trump in the run-up to the 2016 election. That's according to a report from independent journalists Michael Schellenberger, Matt Taibbi, and Alex Guttentag. Their reporting appears to suggest that the FBI's largely discredited probe into allegations of collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia may have been spurred by this unlawful surveillance effort. The re- this will be what the story is in the future. When, when history examines American dark ages, when the American people were so stupid to allow an election thief, a traitor, to occupy the most important office, and all of the chaos that followed. You can take one more question on the uh, House Foreign Affairs Committee today, uh, hearing today on the Afghanistan withdrawal, accusing the Biden administration of reinventing the Doha agreement and creating conditions that are right for a Taliban takeover. Could you give a reaction? We have talked and briefed uh, at great length uh, about the situation we found ourselves in when we came into office and a Doha agreement uh, uh, that was that was uh, agreed to by the previous administration. I would point you to every public comment and testimony that we have done before. I, I, I don't want to I don't think I need to relitigate that. Uh, you absolutely have to relitigate it. And what the people will look at through the lens of history is the peace not just throughout the Middle East, but the world, when Donald Trump's foreign policy was implemented. It will look at the prosperity. It will look at the massive change instantly upon the election theft that Joe Biden and the Marxist mafia perpetrated. It will look at who benefited instantaneously, be it Hamas and the 7th century barbarians, or be it the street gangs. FBI says a Venezuelan gang called Tren de Aragua has made its way to the borderland. Yeah, that's right. This rapidly expanding gang has spread throughout South America and now into our communities. It will look at how Democrats sewer areas that were riddled in scandal, be it Dalton, Illinois, or anywhere there's a Democrat, Chicago, I mean, Dalton, uh, Illinois, and Chicago. 
It'll look at how they use this emergency to cover up their waste, fraud, and abuse, and their misappropriation of finance. More financial turmoil in South Suburban Dalton after a bank says the village failed to make a massive payment. Yeah, the threat now, tow trucks could be arriving soon to repossess some village vehicles. See, in a normal society, that's the scandal. Right there is the scandal. Not the fact that a private businessman says his property's worth something that the government disagrees with. That's the scandal. The government stole the money from the people to go on luxury vacations like they did with Fannie Willis. This will be the scandal. But in the meantime, the greatest scandal that this country is ignoring is the fact that its bureaucracies tried to keep out an elected, truly elected president from the White House by creating a story. Report indicates that former CIA director John Brennan identified the 26th Trump campaign targets to America's intelligence sharing partners in the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, collectively known as the Five Eyes agencies. The U.S. intel community identified the 26 Trump associates as people they could bump, according to the report. In spy lingo, bumping is when an intelligence agent comes up with a reason to meet with a target of interest in order to develop a relationship that could lead to intelligence. The UK's government communication headquarters, which is an intelligence gathering apparatus, also known as GCHQ, was making contacts with Trump's associates as early as March of 2016, according to the report. A GCHQ spokesman denied the report, calling it nonsense. The journalists say that intelligence related to the surveillance effort is housed in a 10-inch binder, which Trump, near the end of his presidency, ordered to be declassified. The binder, if it exists, could contain evidence that multiple U.S. intelligence officials broke laws against spying and election interference. So now you're aware of what exactly is going on and who's benefiting. Who exactly is benefiting from this chaos? Is it the American people? Of course not. It's the entities that are in charge of protecting us. And when you realize that they're all tied together, that the actions of this this election-stealing traitor, called Joe Biden, immediately upon him gaining entry to the White House, was to weaken us and to enrich enemies, specific, very, very specific enemies. Uh, The president was faced with a stark choice given the decisions that President Trump made about uh, exiting uh, Afghanistan. Who exactly is supporting all of the terrorists around the world? Support for Hamas has soared from 14 to 42 percent since October 7th, according to a recent poll. We met a Hamas commander at an undisclosed location in the West Bank. Are you a wanted man? I am. Indeed. Calling himself Abu Abed, he joined nine years ago when he was just 16. Almost half that time was spent in jail. Now, He is a Hamas recruiter. Hamas recruiter. And you realize exactly what's happening around the world. The evidence that links the Sinaloa cartel and Hezbollah has been well documented by the DOJ through arrests and indictments. And the relationship between the two organizations has fueled instability between Latin America and the Middle East for the last decade. Can you describe that relationship to us today? The Mexican cartels and and Hezbollah have primarily a financial relationship that allows them to move uh, money to designated terrorist organizations in the Middle East in exchange. 
Wait a minute. Donald Trump is in court and he just got a fine of nearly $400 million because he overvaluated his property that he owns. You guys can't find out the money that Hezbollah and the Sinaloas are making together and where it is? I guess that's why you can't find the money from Burisma. You can't find the money from this traitor in the White House. Change for access to ports and the import of, uh, of illegal products or smuggled products or products that don't, uh, counterfeit products into, the, into our hemisphere. I think my work is primarily focused on the tri-border area of Paraguay, Argentina, in Brazil, where you see this uh, network of now PSC, which is the main gang with Hezbollah operatives and with Colombian and Mexican drug cartels moving into ever expanding circles of collaboration, not out of ideology or religious or religion, but simply out for the ability to profit. And when I talked about the first thing Joe Biden did, the first thing was strengthen both, both. The inbred goat Casanovas in the Middle East and the cartels that have invaded our nation. Using a threat to borderland families, our Oriana Batoro reports. The fastest growing transnational criminal organization known as the Tren de Aragua is a Venezuelan gang that has now infiltrated its way into the United States through various sectors of the U.S.-Mexico border. And Hezbollah, Hamas. And Afghanistan Taliban all making a fortune because they have their greatest asset. Oh, it's not the dope that they sell to our kids. It's the president that destroys the principles of our nation. It's the dimwit in diapers. See in Ohio. See in Ohio. You should be in prison. 312 642 5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Like your Zelensky, breaking it in. $200 billion. His whole country's GDP at their high point was $19 billion. What a fracking joke. And in the meantime, they take away the avenues to make money in this country through the private sector. By the way, how is all of their uh, gangster tactics with their UAW and their Teamsters going? I mean, aside from UPS firing, what, 12000 last week, total of 40000 since they started to sign their contract. What happened to U.S. Foods? Did they sign with the labor extortion mafia? What about Ford? executive says that last fall's contentious United Auto Workers strike changed the company's relationship with the union, and it could have long-standing impacts. The relations between the company and the union has Ford, quote, thinking carefully on where it will build future vehicles. I love it! Because there will be a stitch in time called Joe Biden. We will outlive this corrupt traitor and thief. We will outlive him. Principles will re-establish, be reestablished, and Joe Biden is right. History is watching. Now, as I've said before, and I mean this in a literal sense, history is watching. History is watching the House of Representatives. And it will judge the policies of the Biden administration, and it will judge exactly the ramifications of America allowing this corrupt whore to steal off the office. Now, there was a revision, of course, we all know. PPI had benchmark revisions just like CPI, so last month is down two-tenths of a percent, down two-tenths. Let's look at... X food and energy, that is known as core, expected to be up one-tenth. Buckle up, up half a one percent, 
up 0.5%, up half 1%. That is the hot. The ordinary American is just wallowing and drowning in the quicksand of socialism. You're being regulated and taxed into oblivion because what all Marxist mafia members, communists, socialists know is once you derive your sustenance from government, you become a willing slave like those people in Chicago who think Brandon Johnson's helping them. Dead. Sources tell CBS2 that most of that COVID money went towards favored health care staffing. Oh, did you have stock in favored health care stock? No, me either. Who exactly makes the money of that? Is it the nurses? No, they're just the useful idiots. It's the culture of corruption that is Chicago. It's the culture of corruption that destroyed everywhere it's ever touched, be it the Soviet Union or New York City. It's the one that we are deciding whether to fight back or be a part of. Are you going to be a willing Democrat? Are you going to tolerate the Democrats in your family? Me personally, I don't ever tolerate Democrats because I know just how systemic their corruption is. It's rooted in their principles. Now, in the meantime, we win in the end. It's just going to be whether we see it or not in our lifetime. But remember, you are Americans. Be proud. Have a good, safe weekend. If you have to live among these scallywags, keep your head on a swivel. Take it away, squirrel. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.